Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. Hi. I sometimes have nightmares about Gordon Ramsay being disappointed in me, and I think that's okay, but I'm not sure what it says about my mental health. And welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today I am going to eat a bunch of food. Last week, I had to say goodbye to my cat, Charlie, and while I'm just taking each day as it comes and work has been a welcome distraction, I knew I needed to do something fun and low energy. So today, we're doing a mukbang. Little puppy JC returns to the pod to help me out, this time joined by his partner TJ. We touch on some food-based kinks and our own experiences in those areas, but we mostly talk about our food, since this is more of a cultural exchange, with JC supplying Korean food and me bringing a few English dishes. People have been writing in, which is awesome, but I think I'll save that for next week. Still, if you have a kinky story you'd like to share, please keep sending them in. Even if I don't read it out loud or you prefer I don't, I still love reading them and it means a lot to hear from you. You can reach The Big Top at thebigtop.pod at gmail.com. That's thebigtop.pod at gmail.com. And as always, I massively appreciate it if you can take the time to rate and review the podcast. I definitely needed a break since losing Charlie, and so this more relaxed ASMR-adjacent episode is where my brain landed. So sit down for a meal with us and enjoy getting to hear me really pig out. This week, the circus returns to Harrington Park, New Jersey, and I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. Welcome to my um, dining room. <laughs> this is a weird one. I like. I actually pitched doing this a long time ago, and uh, my boss said no <laughs> because they, 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 everyone at work was just like, "Well, no one's gonna." see it can you see so we've got some we've got good shit here we've got good shit there's there's lots of stuff i have more stuff behind me because i couldn't i couldn't fit it all so british foods okay well well actually english foods kind of tend to suck england is not a land known for its culinary prowess uh shall we say so like most of the things that are nice to eat here are imports from like old colonies or migrant communities. So like Indian food is huge. Um, so there's a lot of like halal and Middle Eastern cuisine. Um, Turkish is big. Chinese is massive. Also, I'm pretty sure, do you guys have prawn crackers in the States? Those are, it's like, don't, aren't those just like, it's like shrimp paste on a cracker, right? No, it, it, it like they're, they're kind of like little fishy, crispy things. They're little white puff 
crisp type things. Oh, oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, but they're not Chinese. Korean snack like that. But Yeah, I think there is, I can't remember what it's called, but there's definitely a Korean snack. I think there's a few different ones that are similar, but yeah. okay, so here every Chinese takeaway gives you free prawn crackers. You'll get like a bag of them and they're like huge mm. and annoying and no one really likes them that much, but you always <laughs> get a free one with the Chinese takeaway. And I think they might be, I don't know, like Indonesian in origin, maybe? That's quite Yes. They're, they're based on Indonesian or Mil- Malaysian. There is some kind of snack that they're based on, but it's basically a Western fast food invention for Chinese food. It's weird. And like in terms of English food, English people still eat like the Germans are flying overhead. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you know about Marmite or yes. Bovril. Like we have a lot of spam and baked beans and tinned beans on toast. Mustard kind of goes with everything. Cranberry sauce is also big. We kind of put cranberry sauce on everything. It's more like a Christmas dinner type deal. But it's not as sweet as the American version. It's like a bit more sour. You're the vanilla of the culinary world. (laughs) Totally vanilla of the culinary world. If you come here, we'll say like, oh, you know, you should have this Indian or, you know, you should go here, whatever. So I was really trying to like make this as English as possible. Uh, Oh, wait, do you have Nando's over there? Do we have any branches of it? I I know what it is. It's Indian fast food, right? It's Portuguese. Portuguese. Okay. But it's like, people are obsessed with Nando's here. It's overrated, overpriced, and inauthentic Portuguese dining. It's fast food that feels upscale, but it's not. <laughs> but I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, a cheeky Nando's. Yeah. It's very English. They'll be like, oh, we're going to get a cheeky Nando's. It's very hard to describe what that means to someone who isn't from England, but it's like, oh, should we get a cheeky Nando's? Yeah, let's get a cheeky Nando's. <laughs> But their whole thing is like free refills, which is unheard of in this country. So I think that's why it took off. Free refills as in, as in what? Like you get unlimited food? Drinks. No, no, drinks. drinks, drinks, no. drinks. Really? That's... But like we don't do that. Really? Like you can't just get up and refill your... No. Uh-huh. Same same for like coffee. I see that in American TV a lot that like they'll just keep bringing your coffee, but... Unlimited coffee? Uh, I mean, it's common in diners and uh, sit-down restaurants, not in like fast food places. Like you won't get that at like a Starbucks, for example. I would love to go to like a proper American diner. That's something I haven't done. Where we are in New Jersey. It's the um, you know it's the state that's famous for diners. Um, yes, every single is. town has one. Yeah, you. I mean, you cannot get a free refill of anything here. No, nowhere will give you. Oh, and to go bags actually, that's a very American thing. That's a thing that like I always forget about when I'm in the states. That like if I don't finish it, I can just take it home because I am a real like stickler about finishing my food. Like I always want to have a totally clean plate, and if I can't finish it, that really bothers me. You don't have that in the UK. No, it's just not a th- well. Like I guess you could probably ask, but if they're not a takeaway, they they probably won't have takeaway mm. like boxes to put it in, and That's it would be cool. a weird thing to ask. Like they wouldn't know. Yeah, to go bags like aren't a thing. You just leave the food on your plate. Yeah, yeah. Just you just you just leave it. Wow. But to be fair, like we have smaller portions, portions in general. Yes. I think mm-hmm. in America things tend to be quite big. So yeah, I mean when we go out, it's always you know eat half, and and that it's lunch for tomorrow. Right, which I guess makes sense as well. Like, that's a good way to... Like, if I eat out, I'm not coming home with any of it. So all of that cost is just on that one meal. So, yeah, I think it would be good if more places did that here because that's a really... I always enjoy being able to say, oh, can I take this to go? Anyway, that's my long-winded way of saying that basically because of this... Also, like, the fact I was raised here by immigrants who then left. 
So English food is not actually that native to me. I had to do some research. I had to like really think about what I could bring that's actually authentically English. Okay, that's fine. Because a lot of English food is also stuck in the Middle Ages, like proper medieval. Like some of these things are like a thousand years old, give or take, and like they haven't really changed the recipe and they're a bit weird. So yeah, I don't know. Do you want to start? Because I can see that you've got like loads of cool things. Yeah, we... Uh, we actually, yeah, I mean, we have three things to share today. We just went to the Korean market. Um, that nice. In my town. Um, and like you, like, I was born in Korea, and but I moved here when I was really young. So all of these foods are familiar to me, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I know, like, deep, rich history behind all of this. Yeah. I was researching a bit to not come off as a fraud on your podcast. Mm. <laughs> No, I was the same. I was like, fuck, this was my idea. And now I had to do a bit of research to make sure that I knew what I was eating. Yeah, it's all right. I'm a poser. This is all just character. <laughs> so, I mean, we can start, I guess. Mm. So um, so this, um, we'll start with like, I guess, uh, a snack of sorts. Um, so this is a, um, it's called Soboro bread. Um, S-O-B-O-R-O. Yeah, so this is a, a very common Korean bread. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually featured in Squid Game, um, if you've ever seen it. Yes, um, yeah, like yeah. Snack they handed out. Um, so this is the bread that was on that show. Um, but this is a, one of my favorite breads from childhood. Um, so I'll open it. Um, so, so um, I mean, it's pretty plain looking, but it's a sweet bread. Um, mm-hmm. So it's soft on the bottom, but on the top, there's like a cookie crust. Um, so I loved it as a child because it's, it's like eating a cookie and bread at the same time. And um, this top part is made out of uh, sugar, peanut butter, and flour. Um, so it's really like ingredients you would find in a cookie. Nice. How long did you live in Korea then? Um, so I was born in Korea. I moved here when I was six years old. Um, so, and I, but I used to go back every one or two years um, in my childhood. So, um, and the area I live in, New Jersey, right now is um, um, one of the most densely populated areas for Koreans in America. Mm-hmm. So I'm just surrounded by Korean, um, you know, culture. That's great. Um, yeah. So, and like, even like the Korean market where we went to just now is only like 10 minute drive. And like, there are towns where like the population is like uh, 20, 30, sometimes up to 40% Korean. And these are, it's New Jersey. So, you know, we're not like in the middle of nowhere. It's pretty densely That's really populated. Cool. Yeah. Like the schools, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, um, but like um, in my high school, we had a cafeteria, like North North Cafeteria and the South Cafeteria. And the South Cafeteria would be where all the Koreans would hang out, and we would call that, like, South Korea. <laughs> That's funny. That's great, though, that you have all that stuff locally. Yeah, and... Um... You know, that's a really big thing for, I think, immigrants, um, you know, having, you know, especially if you're moving to another country, Mm, where you lose that sense of daily living, you know, something that you eat every day, literally every day. And, you know, that's like a big connection to your own culture. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm very fortunate um, to have all of these sources near me. But, you know, Koreans that move to like the middle of nowhere in like Arkansas, and they have to drive like three hours to find an Asian market. Mm. Um, and these are just like general Asian markets. Like I'm lucky to have Korean markets, but I yeah. can imagine, I don't know, an Indonesian or a Japanese person might not find the same sense of familiarity in these markets. Mm. TJ, were you, are you like born and bred American? Yeah, I am. That red, red, blood, red blooded <laughs> I, American. I have red, white, and blue blood in my veins. <laughs> 
Well, actually, red, white, and blue is the colors of so many countries because it's the same for us here. We're we're red, white, and um, okay. So I um, what what am I going to start with? I've got this little appetizer kind of thing going on. First thing is obviously I've got my cup of tea. In England, there is one generally accepted type of tea that we serve, and you would have to ask for something else specific if if you wanted like another type of tea. Um, so this is just called like English breakfast tea, or sometimes colloquially you might call it like builder's tea or bricky tea. It's basically just a black tea that's served with milk and sugar. If you take it, I I don't. But there's a whole. I think the UK consumes like a crazy percentage of the world's tea, considering we only really do one type of tea. Like when I was in Japan. They had what they called milk tea, which was a bit too sweet, but like it was essentially the tea that I would recognize. But there's so many different types of tea, and it's like we don't really do that. Like Earl Grey is kind of popular, but that's that's kind of it. There's also arguments about how to properly prepare a cup of tea. So the most accepted method. I don't know if you know this. Like British people are like really funny about how you make the tea.、Mm-hmm. So what I've done is like generally the most accepted thing: tea bags in, leave to brew, and then add milk. Like that's it, and then sugar if you take it. But then there's like the more posh way to do it, which is you put the milk in first. Which I believe the idea was so that your fine china didn't chip. From like pouring hot water into it, people argue about it, and it's stupid. It ultimately doesn't matter. But we drink tea like morning, noon, and night. It's a recurring theme throughout a British person's day. There's actually a thing that we call elevenses, which is it's kind of like high tea at brunch time. So it's around eleven o'clock. You would have like a little snack, and that's fun fact. My American partner got me into tea because I know, I know that's like. Well, because so his family are actually English. His grandparents are both fully English, and his father and aunt didn't originally have American citizenship or anything. So they drank tea. I did not grow up drinking tea because none of my family is English, and so it's only since like living together that I've started to do that. And、um, his grandmother's mission when they moved to America was to teach every American waiter how to make a proper cup of tea. Because like everyone in England has a kettle, like an electric one. That's that's the standard has been for decades. But Americans don't have fucking kettles, so kettle. people would like try and do it in the microwave, or they would like bring like m- lukewarm water. Like ugh. anyway, so yeah, that's my tea. What's wrong with the microwave? The microwave、okay. method is very weird. You do not microwave. Tea. You、okay. you boil water in a kettle and you pour boiling water on the. No, I mean you boil the water in the microwave. I mean, and then you, that's insane. Also, sorry, sorry. PSA: You should never boil、uh, water in a microwave because it's incredibly dangerous. Because the water can explode randomly. Because when you heat water、uh, with microwaves, sometimes even though it's boiling, like it's at boiling temperature, it doesn't actually boil because you haven't you haven't moved it at all. There's no air. And the second you touch it, suddenly it'll rush and explode. So that's actually very dangerous. That's why you don't put water in the microwave. Whatever, I'll do it. Is he says that? I'm such a. <laughs> I mean, before I had a. I mean, you just like put it in the microwave for a minute. We're not like talking like bubbling, boiling. Just put it up to like decent temperature. And... Yeah, but it should be boiling if you're making tea. God, you little posh. <laughs> If you're having tea and you have to have it with a biscuit, what you would call a cookie is like what we would call a biscuit. Well, they're thinner than cookies, but it's、yeah. like rather plain biscuits, like a digestive biscuit. That's what you'd have to have、yeah. tea. The other thing I have is a sausage roll. I'm gonna start with that because that's like 
it doesn't go with the tea, but it's, you know, it's literally just a sausage wrapped in a pastry. Like a, a, yeah, like a puff pastry. They're delicious and everywhere, and you can buy them at any bakery or corner shop. They're just like um, a little takeaway food to like have on the go. You can get mini ones that are more like finger mm-hmm. foods. It's a fancy hot dog. I wouldn't say it's fancy. <laughs> Well, actually, no, it isn't like a hot dog. Because it's not a hot dog sausage. It's a very different... Like, it's like a like a proper sort of Cumberland sausage, yeah. Identify the meats. Identify the meat? Yeah, like, what kind of meat is it? Like, common things. Like, in a hot dog, like, what is the meat in a hot dog, you know? Well, in the, well, so, like, a hot dog is... Like, this is a proper Cumberland sausage that's, like, been done in the pastry. To be fair, I did just buy this. Because my partner made, like, a huge one uh, from scratch. But it was so good that we ate it already. So, this is just a normal <laughs> size one. Mm-hmm. Okay, question. Um, when British people chew, do they chew, like softly with their mouth closed and you're not allowed to make mm-hmm. a sound is mm-hmm. that the correct um, uh, table manner oh yeah because in in korea and i think asia uh, a lot of asian cultures as well it's like um you know making yummy food noises um is considered like um, decent table manners and it's like a sign that you're enjoying the food yes and um, that's one of those culture shock moments like when you move to america you know, at home, you're just, you know, you're with your family and you're maintaining similar table cultures. And then you go over yep. to your friend's house and do the same thing. And then they're all staring at you. Like, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that must be hard, actually, doing one thing at home and another thing. Yeah, for kids, it's hard. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I do it now. Although, I mean, even now, like, like there are times, like, um, where I'm on my job and I'm, like, eating a salad at my desk and you just hear the crunch, crunch, crunch. And, you know, there are people who can't handle that. It's like, get over it. Yeah. I told Casey off about that last week. We were eating <laughs> uh, it was dinner at his uh, ta- at the kitchen table and he was it was like big mouth and was like and I thought, hmm. Well it must be hard to go the other way because it's quite fun to be like, oh I can go make noises. But if you have to be like, oh, I need to be aware of this thing. Yeah, I mean, like, in Korea, there's, like, a sound effect for it. Yum, 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 yum. Yum, yum, yum. It's like crunch, crunch. Etiquette is stupid. It doesn't mean anything. Also, you can tell, I think, here, who the really posh people are because the po- the really posh people don't care about that stuff because they all know it. It's the people who who are really trying to make a show that they know it that are the people that are like, oh, you're not. <laughs> okay, what have you got next? Um, well, we finished our bread. Um, the bread was a lot softer i thought the bread would be like a harder like an almond cookie yeah actually tj is trying a lot of this food for the first time oh, even awesome. though he eats a lot of korean food with me um like this next dish for example this is um so this dish is a uh, pig's feet uh mm. um very common korean street food um they'll often have carts um with just selling this and plus um other um related foods like uh blood sausage is another common one they sell with this um, so what they mm-hmm. do to prep this is they basically boil it, um, well, they remove all the hair from the pig's feet, uh, and then they boil it, uh, with a lot of aromatics, uh, garlic, soy sauce, rice wine, um, mm. and they boil it for a really long time to get it to like a really soft, um, gelatinous consistency. Yeah. And then they cut it really thinly and it becomes like this, um. And typically you eat it with, uh, it's, the flavor is strong. Um, so um, a lot of times Korean people would mix it with a lettuce wrap. Oh, because you wrap it in the lettuce. Yeah. Um, if you've ever been to Korean barbecue, um, mm-hmm. it's a similar concept. 
where you would wrap the meat and the lettuce when you add all the various condiments. Um, but I'm, I'm adding some um, flavored salt. Um, this is a, this, in this little container is, a, is like a fermented shrimp paste. I know that sounds disgusting, but it's not really umami. No, I'm, I'm disgusting, so I like everything. There's nothing that I... I ate bees, man, when I was you in Vietnam. Mm, yeah, they, in Vietnam, they, they gave me a plate of bees. And I love trying new things, so they they were like, "Here, try it first before we tell you what it is." And I was like, oh, "Okay." Ew. Like, it's bees. Yeah. Okay, I shouldn't kink shame, but that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we keep bees as well now, so it's like, oh. Uh, you personally keep bees? Mm, well, my partner does. Uh, anyway, uh, going back to this, um, so in Korean culture, like a common like a sign of love is like make a lettuce wrap for someone else, and then you like. Um, you feed it directly into their mouth like this. Oh. <laughs> Say, ah, oh, TJ. <laughs> anyway, your podcast listeners can't see this, but it was very... Young. It's great that no one can see that you've just stuffed his face and now he's choking, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, you can make all the noises you want. We're here for the noises. Okay. My like first course is I, I've got here my English breakfast. I've got British bacon, which is different to American bacon. This isn't like streaky. It's pink fatty bacon. So yeah, it's not crispy. It's just pink and. Mm. You're eating breakfast for dinner. I'm eating breakfast for dinner. Is this also acceptable? Mm-hmm. Well, on this podcast, everything's acceptable. So yeah, British bacon. Fried eggs. You would call this sunny side up. We just call this a fried egg. I think we have different names for, for stuff, but this is what you get. You can, I guess you could have it like however you want. And then this is black pudding. So this is basically, yeah, it's like blood sausage, essentially. This is uh, made of pig's blood. And a lot of people don't like this, but I absolutely love it. And then mushrooms. I actually have shiitake mushrooms. Don't tell the British people, but that's all I had, so. And then traditionally, this would also include sausages, baked beans, and roast tomatoes, but I just couldn't be fucked to make that much food. But that's normally what it looks like. This isn't really a full English, technically, because I don't have the sausages and the baked beans and... Not full. Whatever. I'm doing what I want. And typically, you'd, you'd have this with, like, a tea or an orange juice. This is like... So I, I called it English breakfast, full English. Some You could just call it a fry-up. It's like traditional breakfast food that you can find anywhere. Very common if you're hosting others for breakfast, or it's, it's like our staple hangover food. So, like, you'll go back to the pub for the full English the next day. Huh. Oh, also, okay, so there's this sauce um, that you would have this with, um, and I want you to try and pronounce this word for me. Try, can you read that? Yeah, you want me to, you want us to say it? Worcestershire? 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 Worcester, Worcester sauce. Yeah, Worcester. Worcester, yeah, okay. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. So here's the thing, in Korea, it's actually called Worcester sauce as well. Oh, I assume it's... But just like, taken from I, clearly I butchered it in English, but I like that. Okay. So I thought in Korea, like that was like not the proper way to say it. Mm, but the no, Korean no. say it was the sauce. No. Here I am now. I'm learning that it's the proper pronunciation. Yeah, it is. Worcestershire is the place we like, I mean, English isn't phonetic, but English town names are insane. Like the way that they're spelled versus the way that they're pronounced just. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Reminds me of that. <clears throat> there's a town in Wales that's like thirty syllables long. Mm-hmm. Well, Welsh is also insane. Like 
two L's in Welsh. It's like a ch sound. So Welsh just looks even crazier, but it has it sounds completely different to what it to what it actually is. Hmm. Okay, she passed me a letter saying, "Give me a baby leaf." It's because you're a baby. I'm giving it to you. We're both padded. Can't tell. Oh. Well, that means you can keep drinking. Yes. Okay. The other thing I have is a Cornish pasty, which I thought I would just have, because I was trying to think of things that are quite English. So a pasty is a baked pastry. It was developed like for miners in Cornwall, I think. The idea being like that they could carry it around in their pockets. So it's functionally very similar to a sausage roll. It's kind of like a on-the-go thing. And also it's like a folded pastry, usually filled with meat and vegetables. I think this is beef and uh, swede. Wait, they built it for the coal miners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So it kind of looks like a calzone. It's folded and then crimped around the edges. The idea being that that's your lunch. You can just carry it as it is. And yeah, there, there, there are actually pasty shops where that's all they'll do. Um, but you can typically, you can find this anywhere. Um, anywhere you get like a sausage roll or a sandwich. It's like cafe food. You can get them at like an off license, which is, that's like our um, corner shop where you buy alcohol. It's like a newsagent. Basically, open one. Oh. Oh. Mm. Mm. Ah, okay. That's my tea done. Ah. What have you got next? Oh, kimchi. <gasps> I love kimchi. Oh. Okay, sorry to ask you a question and then immediately interrupt you when you start answering it. But I love kimchi. My partner has made his own kimchi that, yeah. Really? Which is... I think pretty good. We would need to have, pardon me, and actually, someone who's actually Korean tell us how good it is, but he does a pretty good job of like fermenting stuff. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I love kimchi. Kimchi's great. I'm so glad that Korean food is becoming more mm. popular and recognized yeah. online. Because like, I remember when I moved here um, in the early 90s, um, and I was moving to places where like there were a lot of Koreans mm -hmm. even. And, you know, Korean food was, I don't know, a lot of people thought it was, like, smelly, yucky, and, yeah, I mean, I mean, the smell was mm. funky, you know. Yeah. And thankfully, the culture has shifted um, to where, like, people actually start seeking out these kinds of funky yeah. new flavors, and, you know, but, you know, in the 90s, you know, a lot of places, um, you know, migrants had to adjust their foods to cater towards American yeah. palates, you know, to subdue all these yummy flavors with the one tone. And that's what, that's what um, actually Chinese food did a lot of, you know, like the Chinese food you see in mm -hmm. all the, all the carry out or takeaway shops, you know, they're all geared towards American palates or foreign mm -hmm. palates. Like you won't find that stuff in mm -hmm. China. Um, but Korean food um, they never ended up doing that. So a lot of the flavors ended up still being authentic because oh, really? um, Koreans sold to other Koreans in the community because oh. other Americans wouldn't visit their shops. Um, okay, that's cool. So it was a way of like supporting the local community and, you know, having all these, you know, people who immigrate mm. there, you know, find, you know, that sense of home, you know, in these restaurants. What a great way to preserve... The original flavor. That's really cool. Yeah. And kimchi is one of those things. It's a, in Korea, it's often a community mm -hmm. building exercise. So um, you never make like one portion of kimchi or for like sure. one family. In Korea, um, you know, people would buy like 
giant vats <laughs> of cabbages or whatever vegetable you're making the kimchi with. And it would be like four families or the entire extended family coming together. And like all day, you're just making mm-hmm. kimchi. And then at the end of the day, um, you know, you would divide up the kimchi amongst your family or your friends. And so if you screw up, the entire community screws nice. up. <laughs> we all screw up together. And you also enjoy everyone's success. Oh, cool. So is that what you've got there? <laughs> well, actually, I told that heartwarming story. This is actually store-bought kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fraud. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. My mom makes the kimchi. I well, it takes a long time to make, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, you know, the... the store-bought store-made stuff mm-hmm. is good too so it's not like it's less authentic um it's not just not homemade. just like my cornish pasty <laughs> super authentic yeah sure it was made by a cornish person okay so this is fish and chips which is like just a classic uh this is pub food this is like a british staple everywhere um it's literally just a fish fried in batter and served with chips now here chips are what americans call fries and right what you call chips, we call crisps. So crisp sandwiches are actually a thing here. Like you will get crisps in a sandwich. Yeah, but even in even in the United States, we would still call them fish and chips, I think. Mm. We just yeah, call yeah. it the... And that's yeah. like the only place where we call fries mm-hmm. chips mm-hmm. here. But. Yeah, because fish and fries... Well, actually, fish and fries is alliterative, so maybe that's... Also, we do the other thing as well. We do it the other way with... Uh, we call it a chip butty, but you would put chips like fries in a sandwich. Yeah. We're we enjoy sandwiches. That. I mean, it doesn't come like that, but it's it's uh, you know it's a layer of crunch. Well, also you're just yeah. putting stuff in between bread, which is a universal. I I love sandwiches. Cucumber sandwiches? Are you kidding me? Smoked salmon, smoked salmon sandwich. But yeah, we're big on our like um, seafood as well because we're an island. So we do a lot of like, like cockles are actually really big here. They're like mussels, oysters, that kind of thing are like often a snack. But yeah, fish and chips. It's mostly a takeaway food. Traditionally, you would go to the chippy. And they'll wrap your meal in a newspaper and you carry it around like that and eat it out. So it's usually cod. This one's cod, um, but it could be anything. Haddock is also really popular. Any batter fish, really. It's usually served with mushy peas. I don't have mushy peas. It's just like regular peas, but it's literally what it sounds like. They just mush up the peas, just kind of ground them into, into a paste. And then vinegar or lemon is what I have and tartar sauce. Okay, this is significantly better than everything I've been eating so far because my partner made it. <laughs> I'm surprised you make it at home, actually. I would figure, like, this is so ubiquitous. Um, mm. You know, you would yeah. just go out and eat you it. You would normally eat um, it out, but I'm actually really glad he made this because it is so much nicer, proper homemade, beer batter, skin on chips, like, good shit. Good shit. <laughs> this lettuce is so huge. Mm. Oh, I've also got a beer because we love our beer here. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I hope the mic really got that. The ASMR. That get that ASMR. It's very common to have a beer with your with your fish and chips. America's starting to brew better beers, but your pints are smaller. What's yes. that about? Uh, anyway, we take beer brewing very seriously here. Oh, fun fact. Yeah, I really. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. My partner's. Um. Oh, hang on. Let's get this. Let's get this ASMR. Cling, cling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, poor and sexy. Yeah, so fun fact, my partner's grandfather, when he moved to the States in the 60s, he brewed his own beer for decades because he couldn't stand 
Like he was, he's he's still is like really big into beer. So okay, we haven't really spoken about kink much, but <laughs> that's what I was going to say. We're like yeah. five minutes in, <laughs> and like uh, this is mm. a kink podcast, right? <laughs> it is. Well, food plays a thing, and so I kind of wanted that to be like an overarching theme here because I've kind of gotten into feeding. Like I've had a few people who really wanted me to do that, and I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. I don't know. Have you done anything like that? Tell us more about it. Um, I mean, I know the, I know, uh, about gaining. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, um, I'm actually curious about it to a degree. Oh, um, more, more so about the, um, I mean, there's a lot of aspects to gaining, but, um, it mostly interests me because it's like a, I don't know, it's like a humiliation aspect to it that I really yeah. enjoy. Same. Um, um, I think, um, a lot of that maybe originates from like fat shaming culture, but where you're like, you know. You're turning it upside down and like really yeah, owning it. I'm making it fun um, instead of horrible. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I've often had um, thoughts where like, huh, I wonder what it's like to be like 400 mm. pounds. Oh, yeah. These in instant transformation scenarios. Um, I don't know if I could ever make it a reality uh, <laughs> uh, because I'm like 130 pounds and um, 60 kilos. So, I was about to say, um, what's that in kilos? Yeah. 60 kilos that's tiny yeah, that's six. nothing i could eat yeah, you and so, <laughs> and to to you know like triple my weight is um, kind of an impossible uh -huh. scenario i mean the the idea is hot um but the other thing is like i really enjoy little yeah. gear and like turning into boys clothes so <laughs> i can't i can't be little if i become a gainer yes <laughs> so you can i lose my other identity of course you can no i mean not, sorry, that's not to say that, like, you know, big people can't be littles or something. I just mean, like, I enjoy wearing the little like, scout size yeah, clothes yeah, yeah. personally. But then also, I quite like um, the idea of feeding, because I like feeding littles. I like bottle feeding, and that kind of force feeding mm. thing can be really fun. I like the idea of, like, oh, you, you want to grow big and strong? Oh, okay, champ, we need to, you need to open up them. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Oh, that's perfect. I'm yes. going to dig into my final course. Wait, what was the last thing you had? Only because I'm on my, like, last thing, but... Okay. So this is a... Oh, my God, Yakult! It's a drink. Yeah, Yakult. Is that Korean? I it over there. Uh, well, it, the origin is Japanese, but the Koreans had it for a very long time. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Yakult is huge here. Yeah. Huge. Oh, well, that's yeah. great. So you know all about yeah. it already. Um, but in Korea, this is like a cultural movement. Oh, so. wow. Wait, why is it a cultural movement? But, yeah, so um, I was looking up the history of it a bit before. Um, but like um, traditionally, Korea isn't very, um, isn't a dairy centric. Mm -hmm. um, even though we had, you know, cattle growing up, it was all used for like farming. We never had milk growing up yeah. in Korean culture. Um, but back in like the 70s, 1970s, when, when there was a milk surplus, um, the government needed ways to, you know, promote um, all this excess milk, um, you know, to mm -hmm. be consumed. So um, this drink was apparently one of the <laughs> ways in which um, dairy consumption was promoted amongst Koreans. And now, now Koreans love dairy, but um, but back in back then, you know, nobody drank a glass of milk at home. That was just like not a thing. Um, but now we have all these various dairy products like this. That's so cool. And um, growing up, I have very fond memories of this. Um, ah, I just <laughs> sorry, I just spilled it into my kimchi. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, 
But um, growing up in the 90s, um, we, ha- uh, we had what are called these um, Yakult ladies. Okay. Um, and they're literally uh, ladies um, in like their 20s, 30s, 40s, um, dressed in a uniform, yellow. Uh, it was yellow back then. It's now beige. Um, but yellow, so you can't miss them mm-hmm. on the streets. And they would be pulling this trolley filled with Yakult <laughs> and selling it on the streets. What? And there are like 10,000 of these ladies in oh, Korea. Yeah. Um, and, they're, and it's only ladies too. Um, and it was um, it was a way for like housewives or stay-at-home mm-hmm. moms to make yeah. their income. Korea um, back then was very you know, mm-hmm. male-centric, dominated workforce, and still is to this day. Um, but so... But this was a good way for um, ladies to enter the workforce. And um, yeah, they would be ubiquitous on the playgrounds. And, you know, you would just go up to them and say, hey, Yako lady, can I have one of these? And, you know, it was very convenient uh, and cheap for kids to buy. So I have very fond memories of this. Oh, wow. That's cool. I like the, um, I like that Yako was sort of like the Avon (laughs) in Korea. That's very cool. Um, Okay. I'm going to describe what um, I'm eating because... In my hunger, I'm like getting to the end of it. So what my partner made this evening is an English roast. So we've got rack of lamb, Yorkshire pudding, roast potatoes. He does amazing roast potatoes. They're like so soft on the inside and crunchy on the outside. And then veg, we've just done cauliflower and broccoli. Usually you'd have Brussels sprouts or cabbage, but they're not in season. So we've just done this instead. And then I've got mint sauce with uh, my lamb. So normally we have this on a Sunday, so it's called a Sunday roast. Yeah, yeah. Sunday roast. Um, or yeah. just a roast dinner. Every week, pubs and restaurants will serve this on a Sunday. Uh, the meat can be anything. Uh, so I've got lamb, but you can have chicken, beef, pork, anything but fish, really. And then you usually have potatoes and gravy and then any kind of veg, really. And the only thing that's a must is the Yorkshire pudding, which is like a baked batter in the shape of a cup that you eat with savory food. So it's like a staple of, you know, a pub lunch, a roast dinner. And they're amazing when cooked right. It's very hard to get them nice and soft, but they should be pillowy so that they can soak up all the gravy. Because you normally have this, like, soaked in gravy. There's also a dish called toad in the hole which is just a big yorkshire pudding with sausages in the middle we have weird names for things bangers and mash bubble and squeak spotted dick yeah weird names for things so that's what i'm eating now are you eating dinner without your partner yeah right now he's eating downstairs (laughs) he knows his place he cooked all this for you and you're eating it on your own (laughs) well he's too vanilla to be on my kink podcast Oh. Even though, <laughs> but his food isn't. <laughs> but his food isn't. Mm. Is mukbang a kink? Um, it's really not. Um, I mean, I mean, it started out. It's a obviously it started out in Korea mm-hmm. as like um, uh, Korea had this um, it's it was like Twitch um, it was called Africa TV, and um, it was like it was a broadcasting um, like one of the first broadcasting online uh, mm-hmm. networks and. It started out very casual. Um, it li- I mean, mukbang trans- literally translates into like eating, um, eating broadcast, yeah. and people would just eat and casually talk, you know, while eating. And um, it, I think, it took off in Korea because Korea has a big um, culture of like eating alone at home. So you would want to feel like you're eating with someone, um, you know, as you're watching them eat. Um, and now it's you know, it's kind of created all kinds mm-hmm. of variations on it where. You know, there are not challenges where there are, um, 
you know, what, how much oh, can really? you eat? And like people would, you know, donate, donate money. <laughs> and like they would buy like, you know, X amount of food. And, you know, you see, you, you can see them on YouTube for like, you know, people eat like, like 50 bags of ramen, for example. And, and this is like That's giant crazy. bat. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you can make it a kink if you wanted to. Like, I know, like, I know some gainer, like American, I know there's some like gainers who do mukbang. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a market for it because if it exists, yeah. it's a kink. And if it's a kink, yes. someone's paying to see it. <laughs> make it a porn up tab. <laughs> okay, I'm really glad. Oh, the one thing that I don't have is like a dessert because I don't really do sweet things. But there's loads of English desserts. Like, high tea is a thing here. You know, late afternoon, like, tea and biscuits. We have these, like, um, little chocolate bourbon biscuits, custard creams, jammy dodgers, Jaffa cakes. I don't know how many of those you actually have in the States. Mm. TK loves Jaffa cakes. There's a lot of Im- what I call, like, Im- like, imposter Jaffa cakes that are, like, they're sort of like the Polish brand for J- Jaffa cakes. Oh, really? Like they sell over here, at least like in like a lot of like towns with a lot of Polish people in it. I was going to bring something mm. like that. I mean, like America is America is weird because a lot of Americans would consider, would ask you where you're from. And like you can like go yeah. back like generations and generations. Yeah. Like some guy who... Has like a great 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 grandfather that was in yeah, Ireland. I'm Irish. Who calls the Irish? No one else would outside yeah. of America. Yeah, yeah, that is very weird. When people say like, "I'm English," and okay, my partner's family are actually English, and he's lived here long enough. He's naturalized now and got a passport and everything, but he never would have called himself English. Yeah, I don't know. but I think that's also because. If you're white and you're American, then that means the oldest you could possibly be in terms of your ancestry as American is like a few hundred years. So I kind of get that, but yeah, I find that so weird when people are like, I'm Italian. It's like, are you? Are you really? Actually. But we do a lot of like, um, hold on, I'm going to (laughs) burp. Yeah. Burping is a um, is a staple of the Big Top podcast. Also, not acceptable in British culture. I assume. I mean, there's acceptable and then there's acceptable, right? Who's to say? Yeah, but Jaffa cakes, Jaffa cakes are good. I'm again, I'm not like a desserty type guy, but we also have and it's another one where we have like things with weird names. So we have Eaton Mess, Banoffee Pie. Oh, Trifle. That's English. You might have heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's normally very boozy here. Americans don't really put. Um, you normally have like sherry or fortified wine, um, sticky toffee pudding, bread and butter pudding. We love our puddings, Christmas pudding, cakes, that kind of thing. Victoria sponge, macarons. Oh, in Scotland, they do a deep fried Mars bar, which I've never tried, but sounds horrible, but apparently it's not. <laughs> Is that a, I don't think that's uh, originates in Scotland, surely. <laughs> Wait, let me look it up. I'm pretty sure it originates in Scotland. Okay, it sounds like an American creation, but <laughs> yeah, it does. But I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure. Let me have a look. I'll have more later. Mm-hmm. Scotland originated in a chip shop in Scotland as a novelty item. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, Scottish people are weird. Well, actually, no. Scottish Scottish food is 
the thing is here we have so many different types of food because we're so many different countries at once there are four nations that make up the uk so like in britain we have three different countries and like it's a totally different culinary thing but england is like the worst one i mean you go to scotland you can get a nice haggis you know what i mean Whereas yeah, here, I've been like... to Scotland. I've had haggis there. Mm. I also, I mean, they also gave me the full English breakfast there. <laughs> so I had well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm sure they've been. We we we've sort of forced them into subjugation. They have to do the the, the English foods. I yes. think battered sausage is also Scottish. We do a lot of battered stuff: Scotch egg, beef Wellington, that kind of thing. A lot of pies, a lot of pies: cottage pie, shepherd's pie, fish pie, steak and ale pie. Oh my god, how many pies can I name? We do pork pies, which like um, kind of like the the pasty and and the sausage roll. Like you would just carry them around like small small kind of pastries. Yeah, a lot of pies, a lot of pies, a lot of pickles. I'm trying to think what else I've possibly neglected. Uh, drinks. I don't really do drinks. I like water. I drink tea now and alcohol. So I chose the most sort of British alcohol that I could think of. I would of. talk about alcohol, but I have zero, I have like no knowledge of alcohols because I don't drink at all. So, well, I mean, it was that or like we have lots of, um, do you guys have squash? Like the vegetable? Mm -mm. So in the UK, there's this disgusting thing called squash, which is basically a condensed, um, kind of like a liquor of. It, it, it's like a what's the word i'm not treacle it's like a little con a little gelatinous concentrate syrup syrup basically you have to mix it with you have to dilute it with water and it's like flavored so you'll have like orange squash and you'd, you'd have it at like kids parties you put a bit in and then you fill the rest up and it's not juice it's like this yeah it's 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 like a little syrup so ribena is very popular here which is like a grape one yeah fucking hate squash I, I don't do soft drinks. I don't like fizzy drinks. I don't like sugary drinks. I like water. Water's good. We have hard water here, which I think you have hard water in New Jersey. Yes. I mean, yeah. It depends well. on the town you're in. Yeah. Um, you don't like fizzy drinks? Isn't that like a clowning thing where you drink a lot of fizzy drinks and you get gassy and bloated? Isn't that a clown thing? I mean, it's definitely a me thing. Yeah. But you don't enjoy it in general? Uh, I, I'm so gassy that I... <sighs> Beer makes me burp like crazy. I do love getting pumped up with air. And like, my friend did that to me and he was then not letting me fart. So I then ended up burping like it went the other way, which wasn't as fun as... Is that a thing? <laughs> Wait, uh, yeah. So all the air that was pumped into your into your butt was coming out of your mouth? Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, because I started burping. I don't know if that's just my body's like, you need to get it out. I don't know if the air travels all the way up, but I feel I think it did. Because like that's how you inflate your belly, which you can actually do. You kind of have to be careful. Don't uh, just shove a bunch of stuff up there. But yeah, yeah, you can do that, and that's kind of fun, and that's pretty clowny. But no, I think more clowny actually would be like pies, right? Like getting wet and messy with foodstuffs. But yeah, like uh, there's definitely potential for humiliation, like pieing, caking, flanning, that kind of. Actually, the first pie i took was a, a whipped cream pie mm -hmm. very quickly transitioned into shaving foam because that stuff smells so bad it got everywhere it got in like my floorboards and cream that's gone off just smells super bad i'm not really into the food play side of things in that 
sense. I don't like being wet. I don't like being sticky. You know, like a fluffy, pillowy pie. Totally fine. You done anything like that? Um, I mean, I put like, I think the closest thing I've come is like putting like chocolate syrup down my undies or something. Mm-hmm. Like as I was exploring APTL. Um, but I mean, the sensation is fun. Like I've, I, I mean, I don't need to. I don't feel the need to do it now. So no, I like the idea of putting stuff down a diaper, but. I don't know. The reality is, it's just like, I hate, I hate anything that involves cleanup. I really shouldn't be a clown gangster. <laughs> I mean, but like just setting up to be a clown, like the makeup and stuff must I take know. you hours. So all the prep is fun. It doesn't take me. Okay. I can do it in like half an hour now, but it is. Yeah. It is normally half an hour to an hour. Yeah. I know. I know. It's so annoying because I'm so lazy. And yet I have a kink that involves like, I just don't always have time for an elaborate wank. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. Personal <laughs> problems. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Guys, it's really hard being me, okay? I don't always have time to have the crazy kind of wank I want to have. Sometimes I have to do stuff. I mean, I, I but I do uh, empathize with that because, like, for example, like, I'm, I'm really curious about rubber. But like the upkeep and the, oh, all the prep that goes I into know. rubber is, I just can't imagine myself doing that for something I'm going to wear like once a month. Yeah. But um, apparently other rubber enthusiasts, you know, really enjoy that prep. So um, <sighs> to them, me. it's fine. Same with leather. I don't know how leather people, and I've ordered now a bunch of, I'm having custom. Ooh, exciting new gear. Oh my god, I'm so full and there's so much food on my plate, which is really upsetting to me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to go back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take it to go. Can you bag this up for me? I'm taking it to go. Yeah. Oh, I don't like Yeah, ask don't your like. partner to come in. No. <laughs> ask your partner to come in and clean up the plates. <laughs> <laughs> hey pig, clean the, clean this up. Here, here. Ugh. We went from such nice umami noises to me just burping into the mic. Okay. This was fun. I've had a lot of fun. I don't know how much kink we actually talked about, but whatever, man. I don't. I. I don't. I make the rules. So, okay. Do you have like, um, like target goals for like your, like, like how many viewers you need for this podcast or something? If I, if I experience a sharp decline in people listening because I started eating on the podcast and people think I'm disgusting and boring now, uh, then, then so be it. Is your boss going to fire you? Who's your boss right now? Is it Casey? Or... Yeah, it's Casey. <laughs> okay, well, Casey, uh, just um, in case this podcast doesn't do well, please forgive us for this one time. Don't tell him. I actually, I didn't tell him that I was doing it. I just oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, he well... doesn't have creative oversight, so it's fine. I do everything on this podcast, so I want us to do this. and. Uh, Mm. Okay, well, Casey, I'm going to suck up to you and say uh, Playtime is the best store. I'm going to order a lot of products from Playtime. Your new designs are really cute, and I've okay. already told all my friends to go look at their your new products. Okay, uh, dude, I will uh, message you afterwards because um not allowed to talk about it here, but we have some very, very cool designs coming up, and I may or may not be designing uh, one or two lines of apparel, which 
I'm very excited about. There's a lot of new things coming, and I'm really okay. excited. In I can't summer. wait till they're all out. We're kind of like doing them in small drips and drabs mm-hmm. to, you know, keep people excited. But um, yeah, we got some really cool stuff. So, do you guys have a yay for today? Uh, yes, uh, TJ, you can go first. My yay for the, yay for the day is that it's spring outside. Mm. So instead of like the dreary gray that we've seen for like the past few months, it's gone now. All the green greeneries out. It's just yeah. very nice outside. Mm. Yeah, I'm very, I'm a summer boy and I'm with you there. We have a similar climate. I really just need to move somewhere warm. I don't know why I haven't done that yet. JC, what's your, what's your yay? Um, so, um, well, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but um, in the Tuesday. US, it's coming on a Tuesday. You have to edit it that fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. We should have done it last week. I was delayed. <laughs> yep. Tuesday. Okay. Um, Tuesday. But um, in, um, so in May uh, in the United States um, is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Um, so I want to just spotlight a few um, Asian Americans uh, for their contributions to kink, uh, because I do think, um, you know, Asian Americans are underrepresented. And, you know, representation matters. Uh, visibility yep. is so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of what make, uh, part of what motivates me to make content, uh, you know, is to show that, hey, I'm Korean American, I'm gay, and I'm living, you know, my best kinky life. And I know there are a lot more of us out there um, than what might show up on your Twitter feeds or your Instagram front page. Um, so I'm just going to highlight a few, um, you know, few Asian Americans that I know, um, like, um, uh, one is uh, Pup Kuvo, uh, P-U-P-K-U-V-O. He's on Instagram. Uh, he's a super sweet puppy um, boy in Texas, um, and his posts always brighten my day. And I just want to meet him one day and give him a big, big hug. Um, another one is uh, Dumpling Saurus. Um, he's an ABDL and furry in Canada. Um, I, ha- I had the pleasure to meet him at Capcom in 2022, and he was just one of the nicest, wholesome, friendliest guys in our community. Um, he goes to a lot of events, and you know, being being that, you know, face of representation. And of course, uh, Little Pup Max, um, who mm-hmm. I've spoken about and who I'm incredibly lucky to have in my, you know, close kinky friend circle. Um, you know, he's encouraged so many people into kink, um, including me. Um, he leads by example. Um, he's always a friendly face at all of our New York City events. And he talks to everyone. And I don't know how he has the energy to do that, but he does. Um, and, he, and he deserves all the recognition, you know, even outside of, you know, Asian American Heritage Month. So uh, thank you to all the Asian Americans who may be listening to your podcast. Um, be you and be out there. Be a role model. Fuck yeah. yeah. And thank you. That, like, yeah, that's awesome. I'll link all of the, um, all, all their socials. <coughs> Barney's dying. No, call the ambulance. Don't mind me, I'm just joking. For a second, I was like, oh no, I don't want to die like this. What a way to go. It's in in kink. No, 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 not like this. No, I want that to be, you know, I want want that to be drama. I don't want it to be like, I want it to be like, you know, full decapitation, blood everywhere in front of a crowd of people. Okay. Just super traumatize as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Is that your yay for today? That's my... No, actually, my yay is going to be, not to upstage anyone, but um, my yay today is that I just bought my very first vehicle. Uh, I have a car. I have a car outside that I can see right now, um, which I'm very excited about. I was kind of nervous driving away 
we didn't know if we were going to get a car today. We just went to the dealership to, to, to just check this thing out. And yeah, it is a very nice car. Yeah, so I'm very excited. I don't know anything about cars, but it's a Mercedes and it has a massive boot, like huge. Oh, it's not a clown car. It's not a clown car, but I'm sure we could stuff enough clowns into it to make it a clown car. No, it's like a it's like a dark gray. It's cool. It's cool. God, your first vehicle and it's a Mercedes. Wow, that's a jack. Well, I mean it's secondhand, obviously, but like it's uh it's nice. It has the beep beep beep, which I know like most cars have now, but it is power steering, which I also know that most cars have now, but it's an automatic, which is that's something. It's the only way, only way to drive, <laughs> dude. It is, it is so nice driving at home and being like, "There's no clutch." I don't know how people do that anymore. I don't need to think about what gear I'm in. Oh, driving an automatic car on the motorway is the nicest thing. Well, it's because my partner's American, so yeah. if he wants, we will eventually, when he sorts out his license, get him on the insurance, and then he can drive it because. You can't drive um, a manual car. And I am more than happy to have an automatic, like, oh, my God. But, yeah, they're just more expensive here. I don't know yeah, why. I, know. Um, I don't know why that's, like, you have to learn to drive a manual car here. It's super annoying. Yeah, and, um, I mean, manual isn't that common in the United States. No, um, a lot of times and it shouldn't be. When... The car can do it for you. So, like, why? Fucking... Yeah. Yeah, that should be an is... optional if you want that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know some people really like the clutch, um, but in the United States, people don't, thankfully. Although a lot of times when like um, there are stories where like thieves would like break into your car and then realize it's manual and they <laughs> run away because they realize they can't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good, actually. You should just put like something on the outside that says it's a it's a manual car and no one's gonna steal it. Yeah, I keep I keep every now and again I will like emergency brake because I forget that there isn't a clutch. So I put both feet on the brake. But yeah, I, it's very cool. I'm very excited because now I can drive places. And yeah, that's cool. Wait, so you didn't have a car before? No, or never. You just walked everywhere? Yeah, well, public transport is a, is a thing here. So I mean, you don't have to you don't have to drive. Not a lot of people drive in this country. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's quite rare. So because uh, if you're in London, especially like you just take the tube. Oh, the you're bus. in London. Okay, that makes more sense. And now we've moved just outside of London. So like but still there's trains everywhere and, and buses but um it just made sense it just made more sense it's just we now live in a place where there's more roads and it's easier to like drive to places than it is to walk but yeah um normally you just sort of walk into the station but now i can actually like i can show off i can pick people up i can drop people off well yay so if we ever visit london you'll come pick us up at the airport um no <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'll pick you up from the train station. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't advertise that I have a car because I don't want to drive anyone anywhere. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining me this week. This was like a weird experiment, but I'm I'm into it. I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I think food, I mean, knowing getting getting to know each other through food is um, you know, it's good. Right, and a big part of it was the event that I frequent in Berlin. They do like a big buffet and I have helped in the kitchen now. And I really like that element of bringing people together with food. And yeah, I just thought that was nice, especially for Kingsters, because I feel like a lot of the time I was talking about this with Juno last week, that like a lot of the time Kingsters will kind of just not want to give anything of themselves and be really reserved. And so something as simple as like, oh, at this event as well, you can stay for dinner and we can just sit and chat in gear, you know, or, or whatever. It's so comforting. 
Yeah, it's nice. Anyway, thank you for uh, joining me in my weird like eating uh, habits. Where can people find you guys online? Yeah, so um, I'm on Twitter at, at Korean Puppy Boy. I'm on Instagram as uh, at Korean Undies Boy. And uh, I have a Twitter. I might have something posted by the time this comes out, <laughs> but it's at TJ Boy. It's T E A J A Y Boy. Yeah, awesome. And uh, and TJ doesn't really do social media. Um, when I uh. first started social media, like a year and a half ago, I promised him that I would not get him involved. So he's never appeared in any of my content. Um, and he, but he's always had a Twitter to spy on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, wasn't a social media person until I like had to, and now, and now my Instagram's been banned. So. Yeah, that I've I've read some of your woes about that. It's horrible. I know. I'm just mad about it. I'm like, I've clearly just been targeted because my description said fetish in it. Yeah. There's nothing there was nothing on it which was explicit. And the the fact that they won't even let you refute it or talk to you uh is super annoying. So Yeah. Um it's um I know they're um they don't really have like a customer service line. I'm like, online you'll see all all kinds of stories about Super you know, people experiencing similar tales as you. Oh, super annoying. Anyway, um, as always, you can find me on Twitter for however long we're staying on that hell site. Uh, at T Stota. This was great. I'm so full. I think I'm going to lie down. Okay. Put on a diaper. <laughs> Not uh, I'm a big boy. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. a super duper big boy, actually, I think you'll find. Arf. 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 Arfy. Okay. Uh, anyway, join us next week as we go under the big top. guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.